0: amazing, amazing message to share with you. And I have zero notes because I actually have been preparing to preach this my entire life. I am telling you the truth. It's true. And what I'm going to say, I'm prefacing it because what I'm going to say is not rebellion. It's not an accusation towards you or your thinking or the way that you have been taught. But I'm going to kick the door in on your worldview as it concerns the gospel. I'm going to do it. In just a minute. i being really nice and letting you know here it comes. So basically what I need to say to you is that I have a passion for the gospel, the pure gospel, the entire gospel, the full gospel, and I believe that it's important that when things are revealed to us specifically, we release them corporately after they are marinated and sat on and chewed chewed over and things like that. All of our students here, Vanguard students, raise your hand if you're a Vanguardist. There's a few around the room, yeah. We just graduated uh, 17 students from our Supernatural School of Ministry, amazing. The reason I'm telling you that is because I'm about to attempt to start to preach something that took me nine months, two days a week to talk to them about. So I'm not going to finish this tonight. I am going to begin a conversation with all of you and hopefully entice you to dig a little bit deeper into the cross, into Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen? So I need the Holy Ghost to help me because I have like five million things to say about this. And I need to say only the right ones. So the Lord is going to help me. Amen? So we're going to go to the book of Galatians. If you have your Bible, please turn there. We are not uh, we don't have anything on the screen or so nothing like that because... Our people that do the screens are in youth. They run, they go away. So anyway, <laughs> um, basically, we're going to, I'm going to preach a little bit of the first half of Galatians, and I'm going to uh, break some things down for you, but we're going to get to Galatians 2.20. Who's heard that verse? How many know it? Yeah. Raise your hand. Yeah. If you could quote it, raise your hand. There's probably a few. Yep. Okay. So that verse is the most pivotal identity verse in the New Testament. Galatians two twenty is the most pivotal verse on identity in the entire New Testament. It is the most pivotal one, and our youth group is actually named G two twenty because of this. All this stuff, and I'm telling you, it is pivotal. Say pivotal. 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 You need to go home and think about the language we're about to get into. It says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me." The life I now live in the flesh or body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Okay? Your translation might be a little bit different there. One thing I'll say right away is that faith of is the correct translation. Look it up in a concordance. It does not say faith in. Faith from within is the proper way to think about it. The faith of Jesus is what we live by. It's his faithfulness, not yours, that allows you to breathe right now. You don't even have your own faith. We're gonna get there. Don't worry. So, Paul starts starts this letter, right, in Galatians, and he starts off by saying, verse 3, Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us, say, deliver us us. from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he gets right into like spanking them, right. He gets into letting them have it, alright? And so he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Say a different gospel. gospel. Turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, Let him be cursed. That's some straight talk right there. (laughs) This is actually the only curse on this side of the cross that's applicable. Wow. It's the only one because it came afterwards. And if Paul is speaking by the unction of the Holy Ghost, which I believe the word of God is the infallible word of God, then anyone who preaches a gospel other than the one that they preach, even an angel, even if they change their mind and preach another gospel, let God's curse be upon them, the apostle said. Maybe we should really check, you know, the brakes and the fluids and the windows and make sure we got the right gospel going on. How about it? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. I said this this weekend in another place, but tr- truth should not be afraid to be questioned. Because truth sent through fire only comes out more truth. So you should not be afraid of turning up the heat and questioning what you believe. You should only be insecure about questioning your belief if you're not sure if it's true. So even if we are an angel come from heaven preaching preach to another God, let him be accursed. As we have said before, Sam, now I say again, he's repeating himself. <laughs> if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Now, he's about to get into a lot of things and a lot of defending himself. We're going to skip a little bit. All right? I want you to go home and read the whole book of Galatians. That's my challenge to you this week. It should take like 30 minutes if you read it slow. It's only six chapters, okay? You should be reading the letters of, of Paul in one sitting. You should read it from start to finish because it's a letter. It's a letter. You should erase the verse and chapters and read it all the way through. At least once before you start doing what we call licking the loaf at school. <laughs> That's when you take a verse a day and go, Nick, and you just put it back in your Bible. feel so nourished. I feel so full. A verse, come on. Come on. You need more than a verse a day. I'm not upset about the verse a day. That's inspirational. But it's not nutritional. Come on, Caleb. Come you need to on, sit yeah. and chew. Yes. Okay. So let's get to chapter 2, verse 1. He talks about how he received his gospel from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ taught Paul the gospel. Alright. Nobody, no man taught Jesus about Jesus. Jesus, Paul was well versed in the law and in the old covenant, the testaments, all that stuff. And then Jesus taught him the gospel hand, Okay? He goes into that. And then he says, After 14 years, verse 1, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately, because before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles, in order to make sure that I was not running or had not run in vain. So he starts this by saying, If anyone preaches you to a different gospel than I preach, let God's curse be upon him. No partial gospels in the kingdom. And I have a major concern, people, that we have believed the partial gospel. I have a major concern. And that is why I am throwing a line in the sand. I am throwing my flag in the ground as the leader of this crazy bunch of people and telling you what I think is the full gospel, what I believe has been revealed to me by the Holy Scriptures. And if you investigate it for yourself, just like the vanguardists did for nine months, digging in here, trying to prove it wrong, you will prove it right. We're going to get there. Anyway, it's okay. He says, I do not want you to believe in another gospel. Then he says, after 14 years, say 14 years. Fourteen Come years. on, homeboy went to the secret place for 14 years before he asked anybody if he was right about what he believed. Huh. What? You think an hour of praying is long? 14 years later, he goes, maybe we should check with some other people whether I agree with them on the gospel or not. <laughs> That's intense. Anyway, Paul's an intense guy. So he goes and he checks with the leaders of the church—Peter, James, all those guys, right—and says, "Hey, what's going on here?" And so, on uh, verse nine—or I'm sorry, verse six—it says, "From those who seem to be influential, what they were made no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those I say who seem influential added nothing to me." Meaning, he went to the secret place for 14 years, got a revelation, went to the others, and they were unable to add to his gospel. We're talking about Peter who walked with Jesus in the flesh, unable to add. Think about this stuff, man. John, the beloved, laid his head on the chest of Jesus, was unable to add to the gospel that Paul believed and Paul preached. That's that's intense. I don't know what to say about that. except That's crazy. And then verse 10, he says, only they asked me to remember the poor, the very thing I was here to do. And now we get into the good stuff. Because that most pivotal statement, places 2 20, do you know that came out of a, a brotherly disagreement? It came out of an argument between Paul and Peter. That verse is only in our scriptures because of an argument two dudes had it out who loved Jesus. Let me just say to you if you can't put your truth through fire, you might want to get a different truth. If you're not willing to argue with your brothers in a healthy, respectful way and say, no, no, this is what I see. No, no, this is what I see. I'm not talking about the mean, bitter, disrespectful stuff. I'm talking about sitting down and asking important questions about why we believe, what we believe, and where we learned it, and all of that. And what scripture backs it up and what scripture doesn't. Because the word of God must coalesce. It must fit all in one piece. It's God-breathed. That means it must be perfect and work together. It can't fight itself. So your revelation of one part of scripture, if that revelation disagrees with your revelation of another part of scripture, you got one of them wrong. So good. I'll say that again. If your understanding of one part of scripture directly disagrees with your understanding of another part of scripture, one of them is wrong. Not the scripture, your understanding. Are you tracking with me? Yes. So this is the this is the crucible of the word. We need to turn the flames up a little bit and make sure we got the pure thing, is what I'm saying. Because the fruit should be signs, wonders, miracles, dead grace, all that stuff. And I'm sorry. I don't see enough of it in my life. So I'm ready to turn up the heat. Okay. Yep. You me, me too. GG. Awesome. All right. So verse 11. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. I love that verse. Paul says, I got in Peter's grill. I oppose him to his face. I'll (laughs) paraphrase for you. He basically was being a hypocrite. When the Jews would come around, he would act one way. And when they left, he would act another way. With all the ritualistic parameters of the law. Washing, ceremonial things, all that stuff. Acting one way and being another. And then he gets into verse 15. Here we go. Are you ready? It says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. This is so awesome because Bruno basically prepped my sermon. I love it. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. I do that on purpose. So, we also have belief in Christ Jesus in order that, say in order that, or in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Alright, so what we have just entered into is called justification by faith. This is a theological position. Are you okay? kind of like a fire hose. I get it. You're more is caught than taught. It's okay. So, you're justified by faith. Say, justified, justified. by faith. Right. He starts with the principle of believing in Jesus, saying, yes, Jesus, when you say that prayer, all that stuff, you believe, and you are saved. Just as if I never sinned. Justified. Just as if I never sinned. Come on. Yes? yes? That's the first pillar of his argument. And then he moves on to the next part, which is sanctified Alright, believe it or not You have been sanctified yes. If that bothers you Write down Hebrews 10.10 10, Even if it doesn't Hebrews 10.10 10 and 1 Corinthians 6 Go read those passages You have been sanctified He okay, moves into that In verse 17 he says But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ We too are found to be sinners Is Christ been a servant of sin? Certainly not This is the paraphrasement of Romans 6 Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid Right? So, for if, verse 18, I build what I tore down, I proved myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, say through the law, through I law, died to the law. Say I died, I died to, the law, to the, law, the law. So that I might live to God. To, to God. Yes. Through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been I crucified with Christ. Christ. It, is no it is no longer I who live I but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So good. Verse 1, I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness, with through the law, Then Christ died for no purpose. Let me translate this for you. If you do something to make you holy, Christ died for no purpose. If you have to act a certain way to become a certain thing, Christ died for no purpose. Come on, come on, bro. And that whole holiness hamster wheel is what we call it. This is a good. I want to be holy. That holiness hamster wheel is a partial gospel at best. I would call it a different gospel. I'm 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 sorry. I did. I have a line in the Don't sand. I'm not trying to offend you. I promise. I'm not trying to accuse anyone. I'm saying I have been crucified with Christ. Yes. It's no longer I who lives. So you cannot be the problem. <laughs> if it's no longer you who lives, how can you be the? Problem? I mean, I mean, this is this is stuff to be believed, not understood. Yeah, that's right. It's to be believed. You know that you only have your own faith until you die with Christ, and then you get His faith. You believe in Jesus. You say yes, Jesus. That's as far as your faith goes, and then He dies, and you get an upgrade. Yay. You get the faithfulness of Christ. The life I now live in the flesh, the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up to me. I want to break down the language here, but I just want to point out that he starts the letter saying, Anyone preaching a different gospel, let God pur- curse be upon them. I spent 14 years with this thing. They couldn't add a single thing to it. And I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. There's a whole lot of talk out there in church circles and everywhere else about you dealing with you. (laughs) About you being the better you. I got a problem with that because you ain't even you anymore. (laughs) It is no longer I who lives is a crazy statement to fit in your brain, but it's still the truth. What do you call a... yeah, your brain is beautiful, you should use it. But where your brain is, your spirit can inform you. Oh, yeah. And in fact, all truth is revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's The intellect is not the doorway to truth. The spirit of God is. Come on, your brain is not the door to truth. Your brain gets to use the truth that your spirit reveals to it. Come on, you cannot take your understanding and lean on it. And that's what we do when we say, yeah, I, I, I have been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but I still got, I still got a sin nature. I still got internal struggles. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I told you there's five million things I can say, and I'm just going to say the right ones. Let's look through the language. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Say, crucified with That is one word in the Greek. It's co-crucified. Many of you heard this. We're drinking the cocoa all the time. Co-crucified. Say co-crucified. That is the prefix on the word crucified. It's not like there's three um, prefixes for proximity in Greek. alright? It's meta. I think the one other one is para. I always forget that one. I don't know. Ask Gio. He's a theologian. He'll tell you later. And. Ko, all right? meta, para, and ko. Meta means in the vicinity of, para means close by, and ko means one. Wow. The passage translation says, I have been crucified in union with Christ. Yeah. Because ko means union. Yeah. Listen, you don't have your own cross. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a right to your own cross. Right. Come on. Oh and you don't carry a cross. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> cross is for, for dying on. Nobody dies and then carries the cross. Come on, bro. <laughs> because you're dead. Oh you give me dead and carrying your cross. <laughs> I hear a lot of times about the struggle with our flesh, and I do have a body. This bones, you know. I have a flesh, but I don't have a Sarkinos, sinful nature, flesh. You do not either. And the other thing saying you do have a sinful nature you need to wrestle with every day, that is another gospel. Lying in the sand, man. I'm telling you, lying in the sand. That is another gospel. If you have to wrestle you and kill you and crucify you, then you might get the credit or the glory. power to be unto the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to believe a gospel that says Jesus paid it all for freaking real. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. What's white as snow we sing it, but we don't believe this stuff. The next time you think that you're the problem, you are struggling with unbelief, not with your sin nature. say so, you know. I'm not just pulling this out of the of scripture. Romans 6 10 says the death he died he died to sin once for all so you also must consider yourself. Think about it this way death to sin alive to God once for all. If Paul can write the death he died he died to sin once for all so you also must consider yourself why would we preach that Paul also said you need to die daily? Your understanding of one scripture disagrees with another and one of them is wrong. Sorry, it's gonna get better. One of them is wrong. <laughs> Do you, does anyone know where no Vanguard is allowed? Does anyone know where it says I die every day in the Bible? It's First Corinthians 15, and it's not talking about the sin nature of the flesh or any of that. He's talking about fighting beasts in Ephesus. He's talking about dealing with persecution from the gospel. Go read First Corinthians 15. He's talking about persecution towards him for preaching resurrection power currently in his body. He's talking about being persecuted for preaching the resurrection. By the way, just because we're new, that is never a problem. Children crying in here is never a problem. You will never bother me. You don't need to son. I got a one-year-old son. He is rowdy. All right, listen. Listen, that will never be a problem. And if any of you got spanky looks on your face about it, you need to get a revelation of your union with Christ, that you no longer live, and that is not who you are. You're acting like your old self. That's just a memory that you're acting in. Come on, how many you know the memories can feel really real? You can, take, you can take me back from the smell. I can go back, right? And it can feel real, but is it? Is a memory really happening right now? Uh, no. no, it is not. Okay, there were, oof, a million things to say. Co-crucified. Crucified in union with Christ. Meaning, you were not on the other cross next to him saying, remember me in your kingdom. Meaning you are not the soldier nailing his hand against the blade. No, you are not. You are on the cross with him. Christ did not just die for your sins. He died as your sin. Yes. That is the truth. Christ did not just die for your sin. That's justification by faith. That's where he begins. That's justified. Just as if I never sinned. God forgave me of all of them. That's justification. Say justification. I'm talking about sanctification. I'm talking about your union with Christ right now. Adam Clark is an amazing theologian. He was a Methodist guy, signs and wonders dude. Awesome. Love them. They're out there, by the way. Methodist, signs and wonders guy. Catholic, signs and wonders guy. Yes, Catholic, charismatic. All of them, come on, quit hating on the bread. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I needed to say that because I just heard myself say it. Anyway, Adam Clark... Wrote, he writes in Old English, and it's very difficult, so I was going to read it to you, but I'll paraphrase for you, alright? If I put it in modern language today, this is what Adam Clark said If you are waiting till death to be free from <laughs> sin, you have, you have crowned death your Savior and not Christ Himself. Wow. If you are waiting till death to be set free from sin, you have crowned death your Savior and not Christ Himself. My God. Your Bible, Romans 6, says you have been set free from sin, it says you're dead to sin. It says sin will no longer have any dominion over you. It says you are no longer enslaved to sin. What about Romans 7? Romans 6 is the context for Romans 7. I'm glad you asked. You know the verse, I do not do the thing that I want to do, the thing I want to do, I cannot do because I do not have the strength to do it. Do, 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 do. what to do, do? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go back. Read Romans 6, and 8 all the way through like four or five times before you talk to me about that. All right? Because he is talking about living under the law, attempting to be righteous. That is the context the beginning of Romans 7 says, I speak to those who know the law. He starts talking about the law, how the law is holy, but sin through the law deceived him, killed him, enslaved him, and he could not do the thing that he wanted to do. The thing that he wanted to do, he could not do because he did not have the strength to do it. There is no good thing that dwells in his flesh and then he says who will deliver me from this body of death wretched man that the name. praise be to God in Christ Jesus my Lord then Romans 8 verse 1 just the next sentence not even chapter there's no spaces at all but we think of it that way said there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for those who have believed on him the law of the spirit of life has set them free from the law of sin and death for what God did what the flesh was weak could not do what the law could not do weakened by the flesh by sending his son he condemned sin the flesh. Woo! Romans 8-9 says you are not in the flesh if the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Come on. Lying in the sand. Wow. Romans 8-9 says you are not in the flesh if the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So, if you're struggling with your flesh, did the Holy Ghost leave? Oh, wow. Or are you struggling with unbelief? Come on. It's so good. Jesus. It's unbelief. Yeah. So, I'm going to clarify a few things because I only got two minutes. Am I saying Christians can't sin. Have you met any? (laughs) That's ludicrous. Am I saying that after i received Jesus, i never sinned? Uh, You don't know me very well, (laughs) if you think that. Am I saying that it's no longer sin for a Christian to sin? Absolutely not. That is heresy. That it's impossible for a Christian to sin, doing sinful things. Like a man cheats on his wife and it's not sin because he's a believer. That's taught. Talking about partial gospels That is talk I'm saying sin is sin And I'm actually telling you that if you read Close enough you will find Romans 7 compares sin To spiritual adultery on Jesus yeah, that's right. It says you've been Through the law you've died Through the body of Messiah I'm sorry through the body of Messiah you died to the law So that you might be free to marry another So you can bear fruit for God so you're married to Jesus Christ right now. And people might say, well, that's not, that doesn't make any sense because the wedding feast hasn't happened yet. Problem: that's American, not Hebrew. Hebrews, they got the deed done and then had the party. He didn't catch that. It's okay. They consecrated the marriage in a tent with everybody standing around before they started the party. And so when it says the wedding supper of the lamb, he comes to do the wedding supper of the lamb, you know what that means? That means you're still in the tent with him. About to be unveiled. Come on. Uh-huh. And let me tell you something. You don't see no junk. He doesn't see any flaw. If God calls you perfect well, without flaw within, which the Bible does, does he need corrective lenses? Is he wrong? Oh, yeah. In Christ, I'm, I'm sanctified. How did you get out? What did you do to get out? And you might be thinking, I know. Well, but I still have behaviors. Yeah, that's rooted in unbelief because as a man thinks in his heart, yeah. so is he. And I have been crucified with Christ. Yeah. I'm not carrying a cross, I'm wearing a crown. Yeah. I carried my cross right into the baptismal tank, and I came out a new creature wearing a crown. That's right. Woo. Come on, somebody goes and dies in that tank. That's, right. wow. That's what happens. And the new you comes out. Anyone in Christ, help me, is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has it already happened. You're already one with God. You are yes. sanctified, yes. justified, lost by the blood. You are a new creation right now. And anyone who tells you different, including you, is wrong. They are wrong. Wow. Yeah. They're preaching another gospel. Wow. Dual nature theology is what I'm talking about. How you have a good dog and a bad dog on the inside. The one you feed is the one that wins. Partial gospel. So good. I thought... That you need to struggle with your flesh Sorry, partial gospel Galatians 5.24 If you're having struggles with this Galatians 5.24 says Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh With its passions and desires Romans 6.6 says This we know, our old self was crucified with him In order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin Verse 7 Obviously a dead man is incapable of sinning (laughs) The problem is you don't believe you're dead time to start. Yeah. I am planting my flag. The resting place believes that you say yes to Jesus, it's one and done. You receive the whole kingdom and you get to discover his holiness in you. Come on! Yes. You're not progressively sanctified. You're progressively given revelation of your sanctification. Yes. Christ in you is the only hope of glory you got. Sorry. Yeah. You fight for your own through works. You're not using the law, but you're using whatever would make you feel like you're actually more holy. Like the more you pray, yeah. or the more you read your Bible, the more acceptable and pleasing you are to God. No, you're lovely and without flaw within right now, no matter what you do. And that understanding does not build pride because it was a gift. That understanding does not produce slothfulness because you respond to the love of God like that. When you see Jesus looking at you with those eyes that I'm talking about, all you want to do is respond with love back. I'm telling you the truth. People will say, you can't say that because then people are just going to sin. No, I'm telling you, you believe you're sanctified, holy, just like Jesus, 1 John 4, 17. On the day of judgment, we will have confidence because as he is, so also are we in this world, 1 John 4, 17, in this world. I'm looking at Jesus. What does Jesus look like? That and that and that and that and that. Yes. I'm looking at Are you not the body of Christ? Yes. Does he have a sin struggle in his body? No. Are you not in Christ? Yes. Is there darkness in Christ? Yes. You must be the light of the world. Yes. I have to stop now. Throw in the handbrake. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is a conversation starter. Yeah. <laughs> And if you believe your position to be true, I encourage you. Throw it through the fire of the Word. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. With each other get yeah. in the community group. Wrestle this stuff out. Let's talk about it. I'll talk about it. I love to do talk about it. it.